0: Welcome to Re-Redwall, a podcast where we remember, reread, and rethink the book series Redwall by Brian Jakes. If you give a mouse a sword, he'll hang it up. I'm Jordan. And I'm Derek. And today we're talking about book one, the wall of the book Redwall.
1: Jordan, you know, I was doing some uh, uh, research right before we were doing this. I don't think there is any other podcast about red wall we ground are floor baby the ground floor the cornerstone that is the abbey that is podcasting about brian <laughs> jake's Redwall. books
0: yep which uh again long john silvers get in touch we are
1: groundbreaking here breaking ground It's is so good
0: yeah that's that's exciting and surprising i'll be honest uh but it's good to be it's good to be on top
1: Sure is. Good to be king.
0: All right, the, to start this episode, uh, Derek, can you can you tell us, uh, can you give a brief summary of what we read in book one, The Wall?
1: Yeah, so we're beginning with Matthias, our young hero, is a little mouse at the Redwall Abbey, which resides in the Mossflower Woods. The Abbey was founded by Martin the Warrior a whole long time ago, and the people of the Abbey... Including Abbot Mortimer and Constance the Badger, all are in this order who essentially worship uh, the way and peacefulness of Martin the Warrior. But then, meanwhile, we have this big bad guy named Clooney the Scourge who enters Moss Flower and starts capturing people anew and just overall bad shit within the woods. And then he eventually approaches Redwall, demanding them to surrender and just give them everything. But the Redwall folks refuse and are threatened by Clooney with violence and the redwall folks resolve that they have to fight so then clooney sends a uh, dastardly rat named shadow to go steal a tapestry of this legendary mouse martin who he thinks is going to make all the people of redwall cower this evil rat shadow uh, ends up stealing this tapestry but dies in the process matthias is called out to by the spirit of martin to then hunt for martin's ancient sword and retrieve the tapestry so matthias goes out on his own to recapture the tapestry at the camp of the bad guys but as he gets to the camp he realizes that the baddies are already attacking redwall and he can't find the tapestry but on the good side he meets the best character basil the hare and they're meeting each other and gonna start their adventure together. Meanwhile, we have this bad snake, Azimedeus, who is introduced and is lurking in the woods. Yeah. That brings us up to date.
0: Book one, I forgot about the snake, I'll be honest, even though I read that yesterday.
1: Yeah, so Jordan, I'm gonna have to be real honest with you here. I read this book series, Redwall, growing up when I was little. We talked about that last pod. I have never actually read the book Redwall until that's this
0: right. moment. <laughs> that's, wow. What a qualified host we have here uh, to remember qual- this book.
1: Can't, can't pronounce the You've name of the author. You just disqualified
0: yourself from one-third of the purpose of this podcast. <laughs> uh, so That's okay. Instead, two-thirds is a passing grade. You can reread and rethink. Well, I guess yeah, you can read and rethink.
1: I got the, two-thirds book. of the points in the AR, AR test.
0: Yeah, that's wild to me. Um I did read this one. This one was not among my favorites. I can't say why. I don't I don't remember why, uh, but this was not one of my most closely held ones. So a lot of the story is I yeah, I don't I don't remember plot points necessarily.
1: I think a lot of it, uh the stuff that you don't love about it is a lot of the stuff that uh, or what you didn't love about it growing up, was a lot of the reasons why I didn't read it or feel the need to. Like, I just had these other friends who described it to me and, like, hit the basic plot points. And there's mm-hmm. also a definite, uh, like, this is definitely the first book in this world that that he wrote. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yep. I think that that's th- this first book, uh, it's going to be weird to say book when I mean... Section, subsection of a larger book but yeah this first book is in large part the introduction to the world which is mm-hmm. interesting uh in terms like that's I mean we talk about Brian Jakes being a very descriptive writer good at world building and that's very much the purpose of at least the first half of this book uh I would say absolutely so yeah i think let's dig into that a little bit first first with the abbey itself so you kind of mentioned we've got we've got this cast of characters matthias being pretty obviously our main protagonist and there's yeah i i have questions about (laughs) exactly what Redwall abbey is it gets it gets fleshed out uh some of my questions did eventually get answered and, and again that's i think the that's a virtue of brian jake's writing he's not like here's everything you need to know about redway like the details kind of get fleshed out as they go along uh, though
1: we also have abbott mortimer give some pretty
0: heavy oh yeah yeah, yeah here, that's right, right. that very first uh yeah, he's he's exposition man for a second before let he me becomes Abbot Mortimer. Yeah, he just <laughs> like, gives well, us, Matthias, let me talk at you about <laughs> Martin. Yeah, the and
1: also like give some wink, wink, nudge, nudges to the reader over here too along the way. So he talks a whole lot about like Abbot Mortimer when he's just lecturing Matthias about the history of Redwall, all this stuff that like Matthias has probably heard three hundred mm. times. Like, well, like clearly that, he's
0: obsessed with Martin the Warrior already. So it's yeah. Like,
1: I like to think that every time a mouse trips under the tapestry of <laughs> Martin the Warrior, Mortimer comes up and just gives them it's the like, history. Of uh,
0: it. I gotta give him the old rigmarole.
1: But he talks about this guy, Martin the Warrior, who was there a long time ago and fought these, these epic fights, but eventually hung up his sword for peace. And uh, Abbott Mortimer just kind of talks about this Martin dude of this hero of old and how it establishes this abbey but we what what's what's red abbey all about like what is it is it a religion are these like all these people religious like zealots of martin the warrior what do you think's going on here
0: i so yeah the my take on the religious stuff here is that it, it is it feels like sort of just texture brought from our own world like it feels like mm. he's borrowing some cultural sort of stuff that gives what he's trying to do here like it allows him to not have to explain as much mm. um i think where it's like okay we generally understand what a monk is in sort of like a monastic order kind of like yeah there is a hierarchy but like it's a pretty collectivist kind of thing, and they're peaceful people. So I, I feel like, to me, it reads more as just like him borrowing from real world history to allow himself to do shorthand, um, because there's not like the they don't strike me as religious. I would not I would not yeah. describe there's not there does not seem to be. There certainly doesn't seem to be, like, a dogma. Uh, There's not, like, when they talk about the Redwall Way, what they really mean is just, like, peace. Yeah, be a good mess. It's like just, like, a good life where it's, like, yeah, we share things. We are a peaceful people who love to eat, love to drink. And (laughs) we have, like, we're sort of just this, like, perfect little community like that seems to be what their belief system is and and i think too like a lot of this like i and we'll get into clooney in a second uh but like (laughs) i know like clooney's like there is mentions of like hell uh, yeah but to me both heaven and hell of heaven and hell to me rob bell
1: clooney is not
0: (laughs) i i kind of take that i hear that as like an extent like an extension of just like good and evil. This is a this is a mm-hmm. high fantasy epic that is working under the idea that there is good and there is evil in one we've got our good guys and we got our bad guys. Uh so like when Clooney says hell, like it to me just is more in that idea of like there is evil in contrast to the good. Uh, like he, he could as just as easily said Davy Jones Locker as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. Like like it yeah. just feels like that to me. It's it's uh, Han Solo
1: saying, I'll see you in hell in episode five of Star yeah, Wars. Yeah. It's yeah. not it's not like Clooney or Abbott Mortimer is going out and believing that Satan himself is in a mm-hmm. place called hell thinking that he's doing stuff. Though that being said, uh, there also are churches. Like they're like the main base camp of Clooney and his uh, gang
0: is at this church, but it is like a repurposed church already, though. So I don't know what that suggests about like is was there a more religious or dogmatic time in Redwall history, and now like these are the secularized, Like they're they've they've progressed uh, to this sort of just like human or. Not humanist, mouse, mouse, mouse. that's not right either. Uh, whatever, like they're sort of just like belief in a collective good. I, I don't know. It yeah. is, it is weird. But they, the way they talk about Martin too, is not as a deity, but he's sort of just the embodiment of this goodness in this tradition that they hold so dear. I, I don't know. It is, it's, it's interesting. There,
1: there's, there's a part of it. Um, I am no buddhist expert so i'm gonna put a big asterisk by whatever i'm about to say but there's a part of it that is a little bit like how i understand buddhism of like buddha is just the dude who kind of like found it and like kind of realized the truth he isn't like the focus of the religion just the dude who kind of like realized what the big deal Mm -hmm. was and that's kind of like what martin the warrior is doing where it's yeah like oh he's the guy who like this idea of peace is the thing that we're striving for and he's just like the person who was a big enough deal to start that whole thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I, so questions I have about Redwall, I think that maybe get answered a little bit as we go along. But there is early, like when they're talking about Matthias, like Abbott Mortimer, like says something like, oh, he's going to be a Redwall mouse. And mm-hmm. like what that means in contrast to like, the people who live outside the walls of Redwall is unclear to me at this point. Like the people who live, like the, the people who live in the church that Clooney eventually takes are not Redwall mice, but they come to the feast. Like they, they are familiar with and welcome inside. The, so it's like, I don't have a clear idea of what it means to be in the order and what it means to live next to the order. Uh, at this point and I don't know maybe that's a I, it's that's a cool thing to I, to be like I, again all of this like wondering I think is like fun for kids to be like there you're <laughs> you are spoon fed a lot uh you are spoon fed a lot but there is also ideas here that just kind of trickle in and out
1: yeah which always made me feel a little bit confused when reading these books I think growing up yeah. like yep. there is um, certainly like an accessibility to them compared to other quote unquote adult literature. But yeah, there was also a lot of it where I always felt like I'm not 100% tuned in with what's going on. And, uh, I still kind of feel that way a little bit, at least mm-hmm. in this book, uh, maybe at this point would be a good way to clarify that. Like when we're talking about these books, we're talking about Redwall at this point and not necessarily pulling from all parts of the universe. We're just kind of, like, talking about this book is isolated, so maybe... uh, Which I can barely even
0: do from memory anyway. Yeah,
1: yeah, so maybe we are missing, like, in uh, another book. In Rackety Tan, maybe we get the fact that, like, Redwall has these details that we're missing in this book. But...
0: yeah, I think we got to take what this book is giving us at face value. Like, this is the inter- This was the world's introduction to. This. So, like, as far as we're concerned here, this what he's giving us here is how this world works.
1: Yeah, but along with that idea of like, who is a, a mouse of Redwall, or who is part of the Redwall order, and who's out of it, um, and some of those things, and the like spatial relationships with what's going on inside of Mossflower Wood was always something kind of interesting and mm-hmm. always felt it maybe part of it was a little bit of made me feel kind of silly i'm glad that i'm still feeling that way so little me can pat myself on the back and realize that i wasn't totally stupid but i also uh, think that it can add a little bit to the fantasy world of it a little bit too mm-hmm. like it makes it feel big and uh, like there's still a whole lot to discover going on here. Mm-hmm. Of, um, there's all these details that you still want to learn. And so it feels like an otherworldly place. Um, yeah. And not all those little like holes are filled in distinctly
0: and neatly. Mm-hmm. I also think there is some stuff that it feels like I, I don't know the details of if what's published here is exactly what he hand wrote on 800 pieces of paper mm-hmm. But I would be willing to believe that there's some stuff that like he's self-editing as he goes, because mm-hmm. they when they introduce or when he introduces the order of Redwall, there's this whole like couple sentences dedicated to like the world knows what that means. These mice mm-hmm. can go anywhere, which <laughs> seems immediately retconned as soon as clean he, like shows up at the door, where he's like. Who are these guys? They've got a big house. I want it. Like, there's no sort of, like, reverence to, like, ooh, these are the Redwall people I've been hearing so much about. Like, it really does not feel like Clooney has any idea about these people. And Clooney is somebody who knows a lot more about the world than I get the sense that the people who live. Like, I don't get the sense that the people who live in Redwall, besides maybe Constance, like, (laughs) think about the world outside of, like, mossflower woods
1: yeah and and i I think there's because there uh, is this early
0: sort of like language that seems to suggest that they do but the i
1: I, if if i recall the person talking about like this red wall mice they can go anywhere and people will know who they are it's mortimer and so maybe that's like showing his size of the world is just like mossflower wood uh, as he's talking to to matthias but so maybe he's a little bit cloistered himself
0: that could be... Yeah, Mortimer is interesting. I like... He seems like a wise leader who is, like, in his prime. Like, he's not mm. the young guy who's learning, but I don't get the sense that he's this, like, old person who's seen many things. That That's more like Methuselah, the record keeper guy, serves that role. Like, Matthias... Mm-hmm. Or Mortimer just seems like competent... 40-year-old mouse mm-hmm
1: I can I can definitely see that yeah uh, knows the ropes but he doesn't know everything that is going on in the world
0: yeah should we should we talk about Clooney before we talk about Matthias or how, how do we is it time ta- to talk about Clooney
1: we talked about uh, I think Matthias enough at this point at at least for like where we are in the plot I think if we got to okay. introduce Clooney at this point at what I found to be really interesting in this book is that you have like a chapter about Redwall and those people, what they're doing, a feast, mm-hmm. and then like the next chapter is Clooney. And it just mm-hmm. immediately jumps into like, here's the bad guy. And Yeah, and it's like it, short. Yeah. It's like and then from there it goes like chapter by chapter, bouncing back and forth mm-hmm. at the beginning between um like what's going on at Redwall and Clooney doing his stuff. Mm-hmm. And like Clooney being this, I think it straight up says that he's possibly from Portugal, that he's maybe yeah, a Portuguese it does rat. Yeah, it
0: say that. It doesn't commit, it's possibly, for or like, yeah, it says. Yeah, which which maybe, that. Which maybe
1: <laughs> like, uh, shows what our, our man Brian feels about Portuguese people, but. Yeah,
0: I, it's like, I, why? I don't know. Or maybe it's man. just
1: the rats from Portugal no, who, says, who are real No, it says, some
0: bad. said that Clooney was a Portuguese rat, so that's. Some said. That's a word on the street.
1: So I wonder if, like, the rats from Portugal just have a reputation is probably what it is.
0: I don't know, but Clooney seems like a bad dude. He's a bad rat.
1: And that is one of the things that has uh, struck me rereading this, and what I remember from the books before is that the bad guys are bad guys. And they are only bad guys. And you, like, Brian or Mr. Jakes has like zero sympathy for these guys at all.
0: That said though, cuz I yes, that like in in the sort of narrative treatment of those rats, it's like these rats are bad. Their motivations are bad. Their actions yeah. are bad. They're bad. But when the the Redwallers first hear of the threat or that rats are like coming or were seen in the area like constance and matthias who are the ones who see them report that back and they're like we think these rats are dangerous and immediately the abbey people are like oh assume the worst like just because they're rats doesn't mean they're here to like which is strange like and that's quickly disposed of but but then they said they were portuguese rats and they lost their (laughs) mind they're like oh my goodness We're in trouble, but like, Uh, so it already, then that's, I think maybe sort of what I feel of like, I don't know that Brian Coy at this point knows exactly what he wants to do. Cause like, they're like, oh, don't assume that the rats are bad. And then like Constance and Matthias are like, no, they're bad. It's Clooney, the scourge. And then they're like, oh shit. Like, yeah, that's bad. And then I, just like so,
1: I think it could be uh, Brian not fully like knowing what he wants his world to be, but there's a part of it too that kind of reads like, um, yeah, these these Redwall folks are a little bit more secluded than than everyone else, and yeah, yeah they think they're hot shit in their mossflower wood, and yeah. everyone is gonna like them. So these rats must like them too. But then yeah. Constance, like you said before, she Constance knows what's up. She yeah. is. A delightful woman uh, one woman of a badger and um, like Methuselah too kind of has a little bit more wisdom to uh, spill.
0: Methuselah's like let me consult my records. Yep it's bad.
1: Yeah they are rats equal bad is the first line. This sparrow told me that this
0: rat is bad.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so yeah I think that these guys are just like secluded they think they're real cool uh, yeah. and, and so they just haven't heard of, uh, rats being bad, much less Portugal as a country.
0: Yeah. 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 That, that, that's probably, that's probably true. Um, yeah. So Clooney, bad, bad guy. I also, I love that <laughs> it's, it's like, it's a trope, but it's like, he seems to be this very competent, cruel leader. Who's just surrounded by an army of idiots? Yeah, uh,
1: <laughs> like who? Who again? Like Brian will just like kill them with no sympathy. And, <laughs> yeah, like, no. it's will, like, like the say, red shirts. This guy are... is a dumb, dumb, dumbhead, and yeah. he deserves death.
0: Yep, he's dead. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite rat name? I, I can read them off. I know that you're you're listening. I'm reading, so you you may be don't have the benefit of going back to look for these but uh right
1: you can you can uh, read them off and i'll give them a score from one to five
0: all right uh so for those following along at home uh this is most of these are found on page 21 and 22 in your pew copies or in the Abbey copies of your book uh so we got red tooth red tooth
1: yeah it's, it's very uh flat and plain I'm going to give that yep. one a two. All right. Yep. Dark Claw. Ooh, this one sounds more mysterious. Uh, I'm going to give that one a three and a half.
0: All right. Three Leg.
1: Three Leg is, again, one of these people or rats that Brian was like, this guy, you know that he is a dumb, dumb head, and this poor soul is named Three Leg, and he deserves it. One star. What do you
0: suppose his third leg is?
1: It's his tail, Jordan.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, then what, we've well got. Else? This is a family <laughs> podcast. Family podcast. Uh, then we've got. I said ship only once and now twice. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> only once. Uh, next, we've got Scratch. Scratch. Uh, sounds like the name of a
1: Pixar. Like, this is like a Ratatouille name, not a not a red bull
0: name it makes me laugh though i like i like that one that one's funny i think scratch is one who never gets to talk he gets just he's just like reported as dead (laughs) Um, (laughs) they're like scratch is dead um maybe that's not true but uh then we've got rag ear
1: rag ear i like i feel like that one is like he has a rag ear but of course, he has a rag gear, but as compared to like red tooth, is just like red. Okay, tooth—that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Rag gear feels a little bit more descriptive. There's it's a little more, more like metaphorical, yeah, as opposed to just like, a just it's not just cut and dry. Rag gear has a little bit of artsy fartsy going on in his name. Yeah, I like it. Four stars.
0: Four stars. Next, we've got cheese thief. Ten, ten,
1: ten <laughs> yeah, out of five. No, that's a great one no comments no no way to punch that up
0: then frog blood that's
1: another really good one uh, that's a weird say, one
0: for a rat like what how
1: did he get that name he is cold-blooded this guy has to oh. go out and sit on a rock every morning in order to get thinking... perfect body temperature and so that's why he's called frog blood
0: all right i'm with it that uh... his
1: great grandmother was amphibious
0: this one this next one might be my favorite although cheese thief is is good uh we've got next we've got scum nose <laughs> <laughs> i love that like, who's your who who do you have in your band of evils uh oh yeah we got scum nose
1: and that strikes fear in the heart of all who hear <laughs> uh i'm gonna I, I, that's a five that's a five
0: yeah it's good uh and then we've got the last rat we have is mange fur mm, that almost sounds nice like mange, My, mange oh nice. i heard mage good. okay mange oh, no. fur mange, not yeah. nice
1: not nice yeah. just sounds like someone that brian was like i hate these you hate them too I hate, they deserve I hate everything these
0: yeah, uh, and then I'll give a special shout out to somebody we meet right at the end of book three, who is not a rat. Uh, it seems like to his benefit, uh, but we've got Scrag the Weasel, Scrag who the seems weasel. competent and is quickly headed for a promotion. Oh, yeah. So weasels and ferrets seem to be a little bit smarter than rats. Uh, I don't know if we've met enough of them to know that for sure, but... Scrag certainly seems, uh, he's got promise. This kid's going someplace. He's going
1: places like up walls.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's that's Rat Corner rat names.
1: I thought it was really interesting how the first time that the Redwall people and the rats like really meet each other, it's just in a meeting yeah, and, I want to
0: zoom in on that scene. yeah, uh, I, I don't know if we're sh- if we should do that now or if we've got some grounding, but yes, I love that that scene.
1: Did you want to cover something before we get there?
0: This is probably going to be an ongoing conversation, but should we talk about the just idea of like you're a rat, you're bad, you're a mouse, you're good
1: uh, This is the real reason you wanted to make the pod? You wanted to talk about this this topic.
0: I I mean it's it's a big one, not just in this, but in a lot of fantasy. The idea, you know, orcs are bad; they're bad Mm -hmm. people or they're bad things. Hobbits, at worst, can be disagreeable. Um, Although I I don't know if I would uh, describe
1: Gollum as disagreeable.
0: Yeah, that's but he's yeah. Uh, So yeah, I guess there's some complication to that. But just the idea, like the biological determinism of like, if you are this, you are bad. Is Mm -hmm. Something that can get real iffy with a lot of fantasy, especially because they're primarily written by European white dudes. Um, yeah. And so, like, I don't know. I think, I think it's worth noting and talking about for sure. Uh, I don't know that I am somebody who thinks that that's like inherently a bad thing. I think it's worth talking about and worth unpacking for sure. I think this is where fantasy epic stuff like it operates under huge broad like speculative fiction blows everything up so you have it's a it's a tale of good versus evil so like you're gonna in those types of stories some things are going to be oversimplified and i don't know that you're meant to like take that back to the real world that's like Mm -hmm. a part of creating a world is like no this is this world you don't have to think about it as allegory um Or shouldn't necessarily be thought of as allegory. I think where that gets dicey, or can get dicey, is when real-world signifiers are brought into that, Um, Mm -hmm. which I don't know that we necessarily have here. Like that, an example of that would be like Tolkien definitely put some dialects on some races in Lord of the Rings, more in The Hobbit, I think uh, that. (laughs) brought sort of a class a real world class association with who he like the trolls talk like cockney idiots uh Mm -hmm. i don't think that we have that here and i'm curious if you feel that listening to the audiobook if it's sort of like the rats are specifically the so i think
1: the, the the rats definitely have a way of talking
0: uh
1: and then i think also too the one thing i remember from these books growing up is like it was very hard to read some of the people's dialogue yeah at point looking at you because,
0: the moles
1: yeah uh because it's just like he writes uh in like the phonetically dialect. and so yeah. it's sometimes really hard to, to make out what's going on um and i don't know if that's the case with some of the rats in the book but in the uh audio book at the very least Clooney maybe there is like an actual accent that this describes but he just sounds like a pirate like yeah if you I, think I would, of someone saying shiver me timbers like who do you think yeah. of cleaning the scourge
0: uh yeah, that's, that's basically what the, the accent th- is think, yeah that's how they read on the page too mm-hmm. I, it's like these are scallywags these they are not are like scallywags. they're they're like the platonic ideal of pirates uh not anything that feels like weighted of like oh wow brian really feels ill about this type of person uh but i guess yeah and i think it's oh go ahead
1: Uh what we're reading here i guess is that uh brian doesn't like pirates and he doesn't <laughs> like the portuguese
0: yeah I guess the portuguese thing is 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 that just because like portuguese explorers like pirates like portugal would have been where a lot of pirates maybe were coming from <laughs> like is that it's weird. Uh, it's weird it's weird it never mentioned again I don't think just no I don't grief. think so and I think in <laughs> and again it's the... only some people some people are saying Brian's just reporting what some people some <laughs> folks are saying he might be from Portugal I don't know
1: and I think a lot of the real world analogs uh, whether it be about like the fact that 200 rats fit in a cart or that Portugal <laughs> exists as a country I think a lot of those things end up disappearing in later yeah. books too like this one is a little bit ambiguous about the size of things and like where this is yeah. taking place if this isn't it's, quote unquote real world because um, there's like it seems forces. to be
0: towing the line like I think you're able to believe that this is happening in the forests of our own world if we were if, but humans are just too in their own business to notice the worlds beneath them uh, but yeah it is it is weird to hear about a dog or a horse.
1: Yeah. And how would a I'd be curious to how the first interaction between horse and rat went and how that rat tamed the horse. Yeah. Unless you scaled uh, these horses down to miniature miniature ponies.
0: Yeah. That also like brings up the question of scale. Like it's really easy for me to assume a scale with the idea of this being a, it's completely its own world where I'm like, yeah, badgers are bigger than mice but like not how much bad real badgers are bigger than real mice where like Matthias is probably up to Constance's waist or something not like yeah <laughs> not
1: the size of her paw
0: yeah whereas like if if we're meant to believe this it's like Whoa well, dang Constance is huge
1: again she is one woman of a badger Constance yeah. please marry me
0: please marry me i don't know if that's Uh, allowed
1: in the Redwall order i think it is but yeah
0: i don't know it doesn't matthias doesn't seem to have parents uh cornflower does
1: yeah i mean matthias is like explicitly an orphan who was left at Redwall.
0: oh did they say okay i maybe missed that Um, so he
1: he has no parents but um spoiler alert i think matthias and cornflower end up together so it's not like (laughs) what it's not like they're uh they're they're not eunuchs at the very least or not abstinent or anything like that yeah or maybe he leaves we'll we'll find out
0: yeah i love that cornflowers parents don't get names they're just (laughs) referred to as cornflowers parents yeah not important um but yeah and I, i the last thing i'll know on rats bad mice good at this point is i i think the the knowledge of brian jake's personal history I, I like the context that he's working in I think matters where you know he is a child of World War II uh, mm-hmm. and so that is a time where yeah the, the world looked at that war as the good guys and the bad guys certainly from if you were in England you were the good side and the Nazis were the bad side so like a lot of 20th century art does not interrogate that idea because it that's how real world events were looked at That gets complicated the more the 20th century goes on. I think American art gets there a little bit quicker because we have Vietnam to sort of complicate, like ask the question, Mm -hmm. who's the good guys here? Uh, But fantasy and a lot of 20th century writers are not interested in that idea. Um,
1: And so this kind of like brings into that question of like, I wonder how this will play into like an adaptation in the 21st century. If yeah. they will try to make Clooney seem either something of a sympathetic villain, give him like some sort of other motive or way he interacts with his rats, or if the like lesser dumb idiot rats, uh, Brian's words, not mine, uh, are like seen as still like maybe not as incompetent. And so then like more evil or something like that. Um,
0: Yeah, I don't know. Like, that will be interesting. I'm trying to think... Because, like, in our culture of reboots, I think what typically happens is that things are rebooted and updated according to... Whereas, like, something like Star Wars, where in the 70s it was your good guys and your bad guys, but in the sequel trilogy, you complicate that. Uh, And so... I can't think of an example of something that was rebooted or something that has been adapted that still works in sort of just broad strokes, good evil, and doesn't complicate that. I'm I'm cur- Like that's not to say there aren't examples of that. I just can't think of any at the moment. Hmm. Um, I yeah. guess like I don't really know how you do that. <laughs> like I don't know how you make. Like what to be like, okay, I am gonna sit down and this is this is a nuanced take of Clooney. <laughs> this is a nuanced like,
1: take voiced by George Clooney to give him mm. some sympathy. But no, I do think that uh the animators of like this is being run by the folks who did over the garden wall. We talked about that last pod, but that animation style, at least in that Show is very like storybook 2d maybe Mm -hmm. like classical would be a word for it kind of simple to the Mm -hmm. point of i do think this kind of just like black and white high fantasy yeah like storybook children's book would like this story would complement that artwork and vice versa so i could see them just like digging their heels into this Um, Yeah,
0: I think there's a way to do it I don't know that I feel like they need to uh, but it'll be interesting but I I think that's a good transition into Clooney's Clooney's first entrance into the Abbey uh, which he comes to negotiate uh, and after the sort of shakedown of like okay you leave your weapons and you tie your tail because your tail (laughs) is a weapon then you can come and let's talk uh i love this scene i think it's so interesting to give it space and i where it it, like i love that clooney sits down at this table and is like all right i want the abbey i want all of it (laughs) like these are my demands (laughs) like i I, it's so funny to me that it's just like what does clooney want he wants it he wants wants it all. all
1: Yeah, and I, I always, like, I'm thinking that this kind of contributes possibly to the um, accessibility that this gives for younger readers. Like, all of the stuff that the villains are doing is either told to you by villains talking to each other, like Clooney ranting to his underlings about what he wants to do, or it's in this type of meeting where, like... The stakes are laid out by these just conversations between the good guys and the bad guys, so that like mm-hmm. you don't have to have any assumptions or understanding because they're telling you that the mm-hmm. Abbey is at stake, and yeah. you don't have to have any of these assumptions. And there's no like surprises so far with what is going on with what the villains are doing or anything like that.
0: Yeah. And that passage too, I think, really highlight like it really amplifies the good naturedness or in goodwill of the Abbey folk, because mm-hmm. like Mortimer, you get the sense is like willing to negotiate. Like he's yeah. not writing Clooney off. He's like, no, we're gonna welcome us to the table. Cornflower brings out refreshments. Like we're just gonna. <gasps> We're just gonna talk face to face, uh, mouse to rat. uh, (laughs) We can be reasonable people, and then Clooney's like, "Yeah, the Abbey, I want it." And Mortimer's like, "No, okay, we're we're gonna fight." Like, (laughs) but it's like he comes to that table willing, and it's just like, yeah, it's just so funny how Brian's like, "Mice, these mice are nice. These are good mice. Nice mice. Like, you can't say that there's any like." bad faith that these mice are bringing and like there is some stuff like some people are like wow well, we got to fight and it's kind of tamped down of like no you don't actually want to do that like mm-hmm. we will do that if we have to but like that's not who we are uh, yeah I,
1: peaceful folk That something that kind of stuck out to me like right at the beginning i think uh like you were saying how matthias is right thinking like oh these rats are back uh, and it's kind of introducing this conflict of the Matthias wanting to fight and Mortimer and some of these other folks not wanting to fight. And I, mm-hmm. for the first part, was thinking, okay, so this conflict is going to be Matthias wanting to fight and all the old Codges not wanting to fight a- mm-hmm. at all. And it's going to be him having to, like, convince the old people yeah. the right thing to do. But yeah, it's kind of interesting, to me at least, how the old folk just kind of... Go along. They listen to Matthias, and mm-hmm. they uh, are wise enough to like realize, like with almost no struggle or hesitation at all. Just like, okay, nope, he wants the abbey. We're not going to give him the abbey. We're going to be yeah. like smart about this. They're okay. not very. Stubborn. That's an
0: unreasonable request. So yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: and so they're very like reasonable about stuff, and they're not like stuck in their ways compared to I don't know, like a lot of children's narrative. Like I was watching wolf walkers the other day which is mm. another like high fantasy uh story and whatnot really good but like the conflict is between like a daughter and her dad just going back and forth we like yeah the young uh child is in the right and the dad is stubborn in his ways and that is just yeah seen a whole lot but in this it's just kind of like we're listening to the kiddo
0: yeah yeah that's that's a good point the the multi-generational aspect of this probably does set it apart from a lot of kids, Mm -hmm. like literature for kids, where it's like, yeah, Matthias is our lens, mostly, but like he is not the only voice that this Mm -hmm. book... uh, Yeah, that's cool. Um, Matthias, I'm not... (laughs) sure that i'm like down on matthias as a character quite yet uh let's zoom into what we learn about matthias so far (laughs) so we're introduced to him in the first chapter uh as sort of this just like starry-eyed dreamer who is like classic little boy wants to be a big boy like Mm -hmm. he's He's tripping in his sandals. His clothes are too big. He's got baggy folds. And he just seems kind of like this bumbling, sort of like, oh, sorry, sir. Like, <laughs> uh, I just want to be a hero. Um, I which, fight. like, the second that there is like this introduction of conflict, he is like Matthias the war hero. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah like hyper competent strategist like
1: the book treats him that way and then everyone comments on how smart yeah. he is like Constance is like this dude is like strategically minded
0: um how how old is he like do we get like a clear age so it's, that's where i think some of the like structure of the abbey would be helpful where I I'd have to go look but I feel like there's language of like oh Matthias will be a red wall mouse like mm-hmm. he is not he's a novice they, they say he's a not his title is novice uh so it's like okay are you what's your coming is it a coming of age thing to be a Redwall from a novice to like a Redwall mouse like yeah. is that like 16 is that like 18 I think and- I read him as like 13 or 14
1: and the cartoon that first came out the the one that we talked about before in like 99 they play him almost as like possibly like 10 years old okay. uh so it's like is this episode one anakin skywalker as a padawan as like that's a novice <laughs> redwall miles or is this episode two anakin skywalker still a padawan because there is a I think... big gap between those yeah. people One's gonna be I going woohoo, the other's killing Tuscan
0: Raiders. <laughs> Yippee! Uh, yeah, I think I read him closer to an episode two than I do in episode one, if only because he's tolerable. In a, like, I can still, <laughs> I I I shouldn't be so mean to episode one, Anakin, maybe, but uh, like, I can. Whereas, like, Anakin in episode one is. <laughs> Not anything that I identify with now. Like watching that movie, mm-hmm. in no way do I feel like I'm seeing the movie through his eyes. Whereas I do a little bit as Matthias. Like mm-hmm. I definitely, I certainly feel older than Matthias. I do not like identify him, with him like the most. Uh, but some of his sort of like, stuff is still familiar to me like i there is an adolescence i think i yeah i don't know he he seems like 14 to me i think but i i I do feel like
1: there is some mention of how old he is but the way that they write about time passing is in seasons
0: yeah uh which
1: again like i always wondered if it was years or are there like seasons the way that rodent's do years because they're gonna die way quicker this is Mm -hmm. just like another one of those things where it's a little bit ambiguous in how it's written uh, which is part frustrating part making the world a little bit of expansive but yeah i always thought that matthias like i'm reading him as yeah having to be older than at least what the cartoon first Mm -hmm. showed him to be because he's not like some eight-year-old master and commander going around with
0: these game plans. Well, and I don't know if it's... it's, He has some romantic interest in Cornflower. Like, you can tell... Like, it's this is not a... This book is not interested in being sexual uh, (laughs) because it is... Where it's, like, the romance between him and Cornflower, I think is going to... In book two, I think it's going to happen, but it's not like it's going to be talked about as descriptive as like the rest of the world is i don't think i think it's more a plot point yeah i don't cause... think
1: this book knows what the word sexual means
0: it's but like you can tell that matthias is like attracted to cornflower. Yeah. so it, yeah. it is like to me that suggests like an ad- like a adolescence like he's like whoa cornflower makes me feel a certain type of way, but like clearly he doesn't know what to do with that. It's not like he's making his move on corn, like he's kind of shy and bashful. So to me, I'm like, yeah, that's 13, 14. Like he is not, he's not 16, 17, or 18 where he'd be like, dang, I want to date cornflower. Uh, maybe book two will prove me wrong there, but that's, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, Matthias, I like, I don't love how easily he like steps into being a hero. I guess I get it again the broad strokes good versus evil also the idea of these like redwallers like don't use these like the skills that he has would not be usable to redwall until they need to be so like mm-hmm. I guess it's he's sort of a well of potential when we meet him and then that potential is needed uh so he s- steps into that naturally which whatever fine I guess uh there is Something that I underlined right at the end of this book that, like, I'm like, oh, Matthias is a cocky little shit. Like, I don't. <laughs> Whereas I hope, I hope, like, I want to, like, we'll talk, I think, a little bit about, like, what we hope book two does uh, at the end. But I hope book two complicates Matthias's, her, her hero status a little bit. Uh, but he says, like, when he, after him and Basil, like, fend off the rats and save the church mouse family, or the, the vole family, the voles. Um, the voles, and he knows that, like, oh, shit, the rats are at Redwall and I'm here, like, I need to get back there. He, like, says, he, he's like, uh, he realized that his entry to Redwall would have to be from the moss flower side because the main gate would probably be under attack. Could the defenders hold out? was Constance organizing the retaliation correctly without him? Like that's a question he asks himself. And I'm like Constance is however good you are at this, like Constance does not need you. Like no, she you does are not. a cocky little shit. Like that so I'm hoping that the book that that is just a characterization that he's like, "Yes, I'm getting to use these skills and he gets a little bit of an ego from that and is going to get humbled in book two and then like sort of work through that to ultimately come out on top of book three but like right now it is like Matthias is untouchable
1: and how, it's how could you second guess Constance? I I don't understand Constance, that mindset
0: but like ooh I hope Constance isn't blowing the retaliation which I've never actually read <laughs> before like it's like what? Why, why, Matthias? But so hopefully, hopefully the book addresses that. Uh, I I don't know, but
1: I'm we'll, I'm we'll not see. holding my breath. Uh,
0: but uh, yeah, so I don't know. Matthias as our hero is a little like leaves some to be desired. I again, I'm fine with stuff like this working an archetype, but mm-hmm. the arch. I don't think that Matthias is like believable as an archetype yet. Not yet.
1: There there's uh, a part about him that is a little bit of it feels like there's some like destiny aspects going on in here yeah um yep for sure you got like the spirit of martin the warrior calling out to him uh so there's almost this sense of like matthias is like called for this kind of thing Mm -hmm. uh pretty literally so like maybe that Mm -hmm. is going on and
0: yeah and mortimer does use the word vocation at the he said when martin hangs up his sword he, he gives up the way of the warrior for a way of peace. He says that's when we Redwallers found our vocation. So it's like, that's, a lot, that's kind of baked in. Like, Matthias is looking for his, uh, and I think he thinks he found it.
1: Yeah, and it might not be only in Redwall. We keep going back and forth in the story between, like, the good guys and the bad guys, and we got... Um, Clooney thinking like okay this like martin the warrior artifact is like central to them and like realizing that this artifact is sacred which again plays into this like weird like is this a religion kind of thing because of how important this one thing is
0: to them. yeah but, it's like it's like oh you got to steal the ark of the covenant like, yeah that's how yeah, you beat that's him what you
1: need. like and but yeah, then which oh, go ahead oh i'm just gonna say he's, he hires shadow who i think in my book, at least, like in the way I, I'm seeing it, he it, Shadow is the Boba Fett of Redwall. He gets yeah all this hype. He looks badass. He is black on black and black, a fashionably sleek rat, mm-hmm. and he dies like a punk. Yeah, he I like,
0: love how much his like he he seemed to me too almost like of like a D and D character where he's like, oh, he's the thief class, like <laughs> yeah, that, that, like. He has skills in thievery. He can climb walls. He can sneak about. He's got lockpicks. Yeah, Special ability sneak. Sneak.
1: Uh he's got he's just got all this but that's all played up too. Uh yeah. only for him to have this one scene. Uh, yeah, he gets the tapestry though. He, he it hurts he him. He gets it. But like he doesn't it's almost uh or maybe Maybe he's Darth Maul. Maybe not Boba Fett, because the, the movie itself <laughs> yeah. doesn't play at Boba Fett, but the movie plays. at Well, then maybe Darth Shadow.
0: Maul. Maybe Shadow's not dead. Maybe he'll come back.
1: We'll we'll see. He seems he seems pretty dead. Constance, <laughs> he she finishes jobs. Yeah, she's no she that's knows true. what she's doing. I was just gonna say how this is just another moment of like. You don't have any perspective from the Redwall Abbey. It's not like it's being it's not like the camera's on Redwall Abbey and then, uh oh, here's a spooky looking rat. Mm-hmm, uh, you mm-hmm. have just the whole plan laid out to the readers via yeah. Clooney talking to Shadow. And so then all this stuff that happens is not surprising whatsoever. And it's not Well, like- it
0: only is into like the fact that he dies. Yeah, it's like, okay. the question is not what is his plan? The question is, is his plan going to work? And the answer is sort of. Yeah. And
1: it's just interesting how clear like
0: that type of
1: thing is in the book. But then so much of Brian's writing is like verbose and super descriptive and Mm -hmm. like weirdly mature. And it's just this weird balance of super explicit, but then also
0: verbose. He he definitely knows when to get through plot, like he he moves through plot quick, which I think is key to probably kids' literature. It's like yeah, you Mm -hmm. gotta you gotta keep it moving. Uh, Yeah,
1: it is interesting how like yeah quickly this is. We're in book one and Redwall's already invaded. Yeah, like what you would think would be the climax has already happened.
0: Yep, that struck me as well. Where it's like I remember the end of this book that is the only thing that i do remember so like i have guesses as to what happens in book two based on what i read in book one but yeah i would not have assumed that we would be where we're at um already but look at us here we are look at us here we are who would have thought uh anything else in this book one that we should talk about specifically and then i do want to talk about what we hope happens in book two
1: i i don't think we can get through book one without talking about mr basil oh, Stagger right, yeah. who yes. is one joy of a human being uh mm-hmm. if i'm keep dropping all this apple tv plus properties sponsor us apple tv <laughs> plus Yeah. We'll send him an email. He he reminds me of have you seen Ted Lasso on there? Of just this like super optimistic and like joyful person, but also wise of the world at the same time, Mm -hmm. where he is just Mm -hmm. like, What's up, little mouse? I'm gonna share my lunch with you. I'm gonna like do all and be like all happy and whatnot, but also I'm gonna kick some rat ass.
0: Yeah. He is unflappable. And just so, yeah, such a fun energy. I love how, like, off-put Matthias is by him. Yeah. Where he's like, what, did you go home and make tea? And he's like, uh, yeah. I yeah,
1: <laughs> I made tea. I <laughs> I did my job. I'm going to go make some tea.
0: Yeah. I think I read, like, the, the dialect, too, this is, like, a fun instance where it's, like, so much of the energy of this character is heightened by dialect choices and i love that brian took that upon himself to do um i think that was a big part of like the reason he wanted to do that was because he had like worked as a truck driver and drove Mm -hmm. all over the place and like met so many different people and was a merchant so i think he was just sort of like the world's big and it's fun to meet somebody who doesn't think or talk like me and like I love that he brings that in here because it's just like, yeah, I mean, introducing a new type of animal is such a fun, like, every time one shows up, you're mm-hmm. like, this rules, like, this is so fun, like, the formal is just oh, like, instantly, goodness. you're, instantly, you're like, who, is this guy, I
1: love this guy, Yeah. like, and and the way that uh, Brian writes about them, especially if, I I definitely felt this in the mole section where they're having this uh, rescue mission to save a wounded. Uh, was it the hedgehog
0: who who was hurt? Yeah, yeah, uh, the hedgehog.
1: Uh, something spike. Yeah, um,
0: Ambrose Spike. Ambrose, spike, I forgot about him. Another he great likes guy to drink. That's his just character. wants to
1: drink his brandy and get drunk yeah. in the Abbey. Uh, I forgot but, all
0: about that. But
1: they're uh, going to rescue this dude. So they're burying in the ground. Again, a genius plan by our guy, Matthias, who somehow comes up with all this stuff. But they're burying and all this. And and Brian goes into this description of what's going on. And there's a feeling of like, and this is what the moles are doing. They're doing this and this. And of course they're doing this because that's what Mm -hmm. moles do. And it's just this like like... winking to the reader a little bit of like, y'all know what moles are. This is how they would do things yeah and it's yep. just that's been some of the most fun and i think some of that is also coming through in the audiobook of the way that it's being read it's just sure, this like yeah. matter the of fact cast yeah this this matter of fact tone and um all the stuff that's going on to describe what is happening in the story and the same thing yeah. happens with with basil where it's just like um it's like a uh when uh Matthias is like, Yeah, you went to go get tea, then it's like, Yeah, of course he went to get tea, Matthias. And like both both Basil is like, Yeah, I went to go get tea. And the book itself is almost like treating that same thing of like, he's mm-hmm. a hare. Hare's gonna drink tea, yeah. he's just gonna like go off and do his own thing. Yeah.
0: It's like his his uh priorities are different That like <laughs> his it, he He's great. I think I read that the hare's in this world were modeled, the way they talk is modeled after like the Royal Air Force. Hmm. Um, so that's fun, I guess. What, what? So I guess Royal Air Force pilots must be a real riot uh, <laughs> to, to hang out with. Um, but yeah, I, he, the character introductions to are fun where it's like you do, you get your big players early, but like, I like that. Towards the end of book three, we're still meeting somebody like Baza. Like the, it feels like this sort of team, where we have a hero and some sidekicks, is like taking shape, mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's fun. But along the way, we
1: also got like bad guys still being introduced, with like the yeah. snake, like Scrag.
0: Uh, oh yeah, the snake is out of nowhere. Yeah, I I I knew there was a snake in this book. I thought it was more of, like, a at-the-end thing. Yeah. But it's just like, oh. Which, how how does the uh, audiobook pronounce his name? Uh, uh, Asmodeus. Asmodeus, okay. Yeah. That's how I think I was going to... I was like, is it Asmodeus or Asmodeus?
1: Asmodeus. Uh, which is different than The Watchmen. Though if i were to cast this is but i would still cast it as jeremy irons
0: yeah same (laughs) yeah and it like we really don't know much anything about him at all other than he's around and the rat it's like yeah we're meant to think like clooney you should take this more seriously than you are
1: yeah Uh, it also does like introduce a question of okay i thought this was just mammals but reptiles yeah. are also sentient, so when yeah. we got that fish from earlier, are we are we having some yeah. issues here ethically wise?
0: I the fish thing is because it's like Clooney fought a pike too. We don't yeah. know anything about what that means, but I I'm curious to see if Osmodius, Osmodeus, uh, it was Osmodeus, Osmodeus. pronounced Jake's jakes uh i'm curious if he gets developed anymore because in the split second he's in here he seems a little less sentient than like he seems more like a pokemon where it's like (laughs) he's just saying his name uh it seems like he has less he seems to have more just kind of like animal instinct of like what do i do i eat things i I Uh, hypnotize and i bite um whereas like even the, I guess the rats don't do much else than that, but they are, <laughs> they have feelings. Like the, the rats feel fear of Clooney's and like, I don't think that the snake so far seems to have, but maybe he'll, maybe he'll be developed later.
1: And like the birds too, like when talking about birds, the sparrows and whatnot, yeah.
0: it, I got the
1: impression that when Methuselah was talking about birds, Methuselah, hates birds like in my notes yeah he's i just wrote methuselah hates birds period because he's (laughs) just like talking shit about these birds that like could have like stolen the sword and whatnot
0: yeah yeah it's weird like and they're sort of like oh they just nest up there on the roof yeah and it's almost seen like they're like oh they can fly so they don't have to care about what's happening down here they're just in their own little world like yeah birds don't seem to have a great name to them
1: let's hope let's hope they get a little bit redemption going on here in the book
0: i I, the last sort of plot piece that i think will certainly be important in book two that book one not quite as subtly as some of the other things that book one does uh, really really foreshadowing the the importance of this sword yeah (laughs) we have a lot of like gee darn it i wonder where that sword is it's got to be somewhere.
1: Like, it's it's got to be. Is it far away? I gotta go on a big journey to find the sword.
0: And I don't. I love the it's just like gracelessness of Methuselah being like, "I've looked for that sword in years past, but maybe this time will be different." It's like, "Whoa, there's writing on this wall!" Yeah. like it's just like Methuselah. What have you been like? How has yeah mortimer not ranted
1: about this part of the history yet to a child in yeah. front of the tapestry
0: yeah so uh the next book is called the search i'm gonna go ahead and assume that we're searching for that sword uh based on some key intel that methuselah is going to give us
1: i know i myself is uh i'm searching for the love of constance the badger so yeah you know i, I keep uh, saying that i that I, I want to marry her but uh, she don't need me she can handle herself i was gonna say
0: she strikes me as not the type to marry
1: you know but the heart wants what the heart wants and so <laughs> i'm not gonna give up and i'm gonna keep searching I'm gonna keep searching you do that
0: uh yeah uh what uh do we have anything else we need to cover here
1: no i think we're good that's book one looking forward to book, book two. one
0: yep Uh, I hope that Matthias gets complicated a little bit more I'm worried about Cornflower being a plot point it seems to be foreshadowing that Clooney's gonna kidnap Cornflower at some point and I think that's gonna be like a motivational tool for Matthias I hope that's not the case because Matthias clearly doesn't need any more motivation he's pretty motivated to be a hero so I'm nervous about that happening, but hopefully hopefully she has more agency than that. Um, so far, she doesn't seem to have any agency at all. Um, yeah,
1: I don't know if it would be, like, if she is captured, then hopefully that would be at least adding to her character more and, like, it could. maybe flush her out a little <laughs> bit more. Because yeah. I would also be worried if nothing happens and then it's just Matthias returns and yeah. smooches Cornflower, the end.
0: yeah. Yep, but. I mean she's she's doing good. Thi- like she's a key mm-hmm. part of like the resistance effort. She's like keeping people fed and and kind of like running rations and sort of that. But like the book doesn't flesh that out. It's just sort of like menace. like she so far it seems she's just like plot. Uh, we don't we don't know much about her, um, and I'm curious if that will remain that way or if we'll get get a little bit more but um yeah this is this has been fun so far
1: absolutely it's been good
0: um so to close out i think we should uh bring it back to the money Uh, uh, we have we have not heard from long john silvers um it has only been hours since we recorded the last episode so i guess we'll give them some more time um but we're, we're going to move on. Uh, we're going to cast our nets a little bit wider. Uh, this this book uh, definitely spent some time talking about what Matthias is wearing. We're introduced to his character through his clothes. Uh, they don't fit well. Um, so we think that's an opportunity to reach out to to somewhere that can get you something that does fit well. So uh, Derek, who do, who, who do we got this week?
1: Oh, we've decided to reach out to everyone's favorite clothing company where they shopped growing up to buy those such good threads. Of course, we're talking about Kohl's, so we have reached out to Kohl's, asking to collaborate. Our letter as such reads, <clears throat> Dear Mr. Kohl, I am writing to you regarding a new podcast called Re-Redwall. This podcast covers the book series Redwall. The author, Brian Jakes, Should I, I, I should add the way to pronounce it as Jakes. I'm going to add yeah, that you coming should. up. Yep. But The author, author, Brian Jakes, goes into great detail to describe the flowing vestments of the central protagonist and hero, Matthias. Growing up, us co-hosts often donned your merchandise, much like the hero Matthias donned his flowing habit. We would like to direct listeners to your online catalog website, with the promo code, BaggyFolds, would you like to partner us with us in lucrative profits? Yes, no. Please write back.
0: Please, please, please acknowledge us. So yeah, Coles, get in touch. We're open. Uh, Long John Silver's offer still open for you too. Uh, we'll, we'd love to hear from you.
1: Where can they? Uh, where can they email us when they want to send us our lucrative offers?
0: They can email us. I don't have it memorized yet. Where can they email us, Derek?
1: Uh, good question. At re-redwallpod at gmail.com. Or if you're a more tech-savvy Twitter person, you can
0: tweet at us at, at Redwall re At Redwall re. Follow us on Twitter. Review, rate, review, subscribe. Read Redwall. If you could give us a rating as
1: high as Cheese Thief, then <laughs> yeah. that would be very nice.
0: <laughs> rate us red tooth to cheese thief. Uh you can even uh, you can even us rate us uh mangefer if you want. Um <laughs> or scum not. nose. No, I'd rather I'd rather be rated scum nose, I think. Yeah, um, I think so too. So yeah. Red tooth I'll, to scum nose, tell us what you think. Uh and next time we'll talk about book two the search the search or the the quest the quest the, the, the quest journey the search the quest search journey what <laughs> what is it uh it is the quest book give mouse a quest
1: he will quest